you can't tell it, let me tell it how good the Lord has been to us. God is great and greatly to be praised. There is none like him in all heaven and earth. He is God all by himself. Whatever you're going through, he has a ram in the bush. Whatever you're seeing and whatever it looks like, he has not given you a spirit of fear, but of love and of peace and of a sound mind. I don't care what the bank account says. He has supplied all your needs according to the riches of his glory in your life. I don't care what your body feels like. He has healed you from the crown of your head. Hallelujah. Give it to him. Even if it's a sad hallelujah, give it to him. Even if in your mind it's an insufficient hallelujah, give it to him. Our hallelujahs belong to him. Our praise belongs to him. Our worship belongs to him. Our glory, because he gives us glory, but it still belongs to him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That was just so good. So good. So good. Let me tell you something. Six something this morning. Minister Johnny calls us and he lets us know, lets my husband know that our trailer that brings all of this equipment, tire, came off the trailer while I was in transit, right? Number one, thank God nobody was hurt. Thank God there was no, no damage to our equipment or nobody else's for that matter. 
they round up the troops. Because, you know, you can't get here without a tire. And all of our equipment's on that, state, uh, on that trailer. So let me tell you something. I don't care what you're going through. Sometimes it's when the enemy attacks you the most that you're on your way to glory. We've had that doggone trailer for over four, almost four years. We ain't never had a problem. Now all of a sudden, a month or two before we about to move into our new facility, you want to act up? Come on now. But this is how God works, because he gives you what, you're, what you need in the midst of your chaos. Because see, one of the team members that showed up said, I think I have a tire at my house. Run and go get a tire at their house. And they had it, and it fit. Okay, well now we got to jack this thing up, and a, and a car jack don't exactly fit a trailer jack, so we got to get a jack. Well, somebody else said, I think I have a jack. And there's a jack. And then we need a special type of wrench to get all this going. And somebody else has the wrench. So those of you that get here early, you wonder why we didn't have pre-service prayer. Because we was watching God work things out. While people were already activated to bring their supply of the Spirit. Our prayer team is praying. The volunteers are praying. We're praying so that we can experience the goodness of God and get some what I believe is some important teaching. Amen. So let's come together in prayer. Father, we thank you for you are great and greatly to be praised. And despite what's already happened, we just know that this is the day that you have made. And we do rejoice and we are glad in it. You are glorious in every way. You are good in every way. And you are the one that works all things out for the good. Because we, are, we know that we are confident of who you are and we are called according to your purpose. So, Daddy, right now, as we spend this time in your word, as we enjoy the presence of the Holy Spirit, as the praise team has already ushered in your presence, we just thank you and acknowledge you, Holy Spirit, for being here. Do what you do. Move up and down every aisle, in and out every row. Minister to the hearts of your people. Speak to them a word that is in season. Give them, right what they, give them exactly what they need right where they need it, Father. And as a result, we just thank you. The hearts are changed. People are being ministered to from the nursery to the sanctuary, from the youth department to the children's church, from the parking lot to the security, Father. We thank you that hearts are changed and there are decisions being made for your purpose, your plan, and your calling for each and every one of your people. We give you the glory and the honor and the praise for all these things being accomplished, for we have a full expectation of a manifestation of that which we've prayed. And all of God's people said in Jesus' name, amen. amen. So be it, amen. So be it. Turn to two or three of your neighbors, give them a high five, and tell them you look good this morning. Praise God. Well, Pastor Gregory and I, we're back from vacation. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I tell you, I needed a week to recuperate from the vacation, but that's all good. Um, but as you already knew, it's, it's my turn up to the bat. And uh, we're about to have some fun. But I'm going to let you know right now, if you have young people in here during the course of this series, 
Teenagers, good. But young, young people that are still, you know, you're still guarding what they hear, you might want to, you know, put them on in children's church or the nursery, okay? During the course of this uh, series, because uh, I can't promise you how I articulate what needs to be articulated. But also, the Bible is pretty raw. I mean, God, Holy Spirit, making sure you understand. He'll put it in, in metaphorical terms, but he's going to put it in black and white. All right? So, and I know you all were ministered to and were blessed by Minister Carol, <laughs> Minister Diane, Minister Johnny, and Minister Nehemiah. Praise God. Uh, we were in the middle of the doggone Caribbean Ocean, and a Caribbean Sea, rather, and ocean. Help me. And, um... And I was trying to bring them up, but uh, I couldn't bring them up. So I uh, was able to listen to a little bit of each of them after we got home. But I know you were blessed by them, were you? Amen, amen. amen. But it is good to be back because I missed y'all. I missed y'all. I missed y'all. I missed y'all. So now Pastor Gregory wrapped up two weeks ago the blueprint. Men, you got it? The blueprint. And let me make a disclaimer right now, because I understand we've been in ministry for my husband over 25 years, me over 20 years, and people, you can say something one way, but it can be interpreted and received millions of different ways. And although it is good, you should have, it is biblical for you to have that job, for you to be able to take care of yourself, for you to have that house, for you to be able to supply that house, for you to have food and refrigerator and all that good stuff, it means nothing if you aren't together internally. I know many wealthy people, and he's an abuser. I know many well, uh, successful, at least they look like successful people, but they are good at covert addictions. I know many people that have great career achievements and they look like their family is in order, but he's half there, okay? So let's not miss the point, and that is to glorify God in word and in deed, to seek him with all your heart, mind, and soul, with everything that's within you. Now, talked about the blueprint. Spent some time ministering about man and, 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 and the characteristics and all those things, which, and, and that's good. But now we're about to talk about us ladies. And, you know, you see I got my gym shoes on. <laughs> no. <laughs> But I'm not going to, you know, I, I mentioned that I might title it Lady, Lady in the Tramp, because I really wanted to. But I decided to submit to the Holy Spirit. And I just I wanted to make it symmetrical or in alignment with what was already being said so that you can can get it and remember it and associate the two messages. So if I'm going to allocate a title, that title will be the pattern. That title will be the pattern. Now, I want you to understand this. We could talk about characteristics of being a wife. We could talk about the characteristics of being a mom. We could talk about the characteristics of all being a great friend and a sister and all that stuff. But if you aren't together, you will only attract what you are. Because all of us, we are all used to a familiar devil. We're all used to a familiar devil. We don't want to, and fear and lack of revelation won't allow us to step out and walk and defeat a new enemy. 
So we tend to circle around the same situations and the same types of people because we recognize this. And though it's a fight, it's a fight that we always trick ourselves into thinking we can handle. So ladies, if we aren't together, because you know we can put on some makeup, stick on them lashes, do that hair, you know, if you ain't got none like me, whip it up, or we could put some in. Nowadays, you can add body parts. <laughs> so we know how to fake it till we make it. But the reality is, at some point, we're going to have to look in that mirror butt naked and deal with what we see. Amen. And that's going to be more the lines of what we're going to talk about. Okay? All right. So the pattern. Let's define pattern. Pattern is defined in the dictionary, dictionary.com, anything fashioned or designed to serve as a model or guide for something to be made. A paper pattern for a dress is a combination of qualities, acts, and tendencies, etc., forming a consistent or characteristic arrangement. It's an original or model considered for or deserving of imitation. So, you know, the blueprint was inspired by the fact that we're going through this building project. And, you know, of course, you know, it started with a blueprint. It started with a master plan. Drake ain't have nothing on God. God was the originator of God's plan. Okay? So it started with the blueprint. And so now, as soon as we finished the blueprint, guess what? They had to get it approved and everything else, but they still couldn't move forward until we discussed and made decisions on patterns. And patterns weren't just the kind of chairs that we're going to put down. But patterns also include textiles, variations, and all the details that go into a, a, into a project, down to the, the glass that's going into the building. So guess what? Budgets, timelines, and permissions still can't be granted until we've discussed and made decisions on these patterns. So the pattern is just as significant as is the blueprint, okay? I grew up my, you know, if you know anything about me, I'm half Korean, my mom's Korean. And I don't mean to sound uh, <laughs> stereotypical, but most Koreans know how to sew. I sew. My mama sews. We praying for my daughter. <laughs> She'd rather just give it to me. But in sewing, unless you have measurements and unless you have certain data, you could try to put something together all you want to. It's nothing to stitch two pieces of material together. But unless you have certain information and you have a pattern to follow, you'll end up with some, some, a rag. Amen. Amen. But the beauty of patterns is after you've taken them all and you've made your decisions and you've created this pattern, you could put anything inside of that pattern it can still come out to be a beautiful mosaic of a creation. Why am I saying this? Because we're going to spend some time talking about what God, and you'd be amazed at how much more God speaks to the woman. I mean, he's very, I mean, he's very intentional. He speaks to Christian in particular throughout the entire Bible, yes, the believer, faith. And then when he starts segmenting it out, he speaks to man, yes, he does. But there are so many doggy dog black and white details about woman, you'd be amazed, but it's a pattern. He, he 
specifically creates a pattern because he knows that he created each of you unique. Each of you have different personalities. Each of us have different things that we bring to the table, gifts, talents, abilities, looks, arrangements, thoughts, and processes. We bring that to the table, but guess what? Within his pattern, we could put ourselves and still be a masterpiece. Still be his masters, our master's piece. So although, you know, you might be like me, I, I can be loud. I know y'all think I'm so, you know. I can be loud, but guess what? God created me whereas my loudness can fit inside of this pattern and it still be a masterpiece. Amen. Amen. All right, so I, I wanted to be sure to explain and share that with you because a lot of times we all will try to, because the enemy is so crafty in, in comparisons. And one thing about woman, female, lady, tramp. One thing about us is that just the fact that you have boobs and a butt, you are sexualized just based on your existence. I'm going to say that again. You are sexualized in this world just based off of your existence, whether it's too little, too big, too wide, too narrow, too fluffy, too fat, flat. It's just Woman, and that was the enemy's design from the very beginning. The enemy's design from the very beginning. So we can get caught up on what the world does and perpetuating images, perpetuating, you know, you got the Me Too movement, all that is fine. <clears throat> but, it, but even the enemy can find ways to manipulate and pervert that in this empowerment effort. So whatever the pattern is, which is God's pattern, Whatever you bring to it, uniquely you, it fits in that pattern. You just got to be willing to pursue and decide on which, because the enemy has a pattern too. And this, this, the scripture speaks a lot to what that pattern looks like. All right? All right. So here we go. Y'all ready? And you know what? Let me say something else. Mm. I'm going to save that. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 31. We're going to hover around three sets of scriptures, but for now we're going to talk about two. It's going to be our foundation scriptures. Proverbs chapter 31. It says in verse 10, Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. So if you have been, if you know and been around church for, for a little bit of time, you know that there is a, a pursuit of being that virtuous woman. How many of you can agree with that? We all want to be a virtuous woman. We all look at Proverbs 31. We got 3110 on our chest. We got products that says Proverbs 31. We got it on our blue jeans, on our, on our jackets. We got it on our little caps. Everyone want to be a Proverbs 31 woman. But I submit to you that he already put that in you. You just have to discover it. Amen. Virtuous. What does virtuous mean? Virtuous is defined as, in the Greek, wealth, strength, ability. It's a Greek word for force, substance. 
And believe it or not, virtuous, even though it's describing a woman, it's a, it's a military term, meaning valiant, victorious, overcoming, undefeated. So when you're talking about the virtuous woman, as the Word of God describes here in Proverbs 31, he's saying a virtuous woman who can find for her price is far above rubies. Now, I'm going to have some conversations. I'm going to share with you some conversations that I've had with God. Now, this here, you know, Proverbs 31 is not new to me. I've been preaching, ministering, studying, meditating, chasing after Proverbs 31 my whole life. Well, my whole saved life. Because I ain't been saved all my life. I think I'm just reaching the 50% mark. But... um. You know. And I'm like, God, why you say rubies and not diamonds? Because, you know, I'm all about the diamond, you know. The, you know. And um, I looked up, because, you know, God is very specific in what he puts in Scripture. And I, and I was like, what is this thing about the ruby? And so I looked up the Greek word ruby, and it means, guess what it means? Ruby. <laughs> A precious gem. So I decided to research, what is the ruby? What, what, what is it? It's pretty. I have a ruby. I, have, I think I have a couple of rubies at home. What is it? So I looked up and went on geology.com. You know, you can, you can be a genius by way of the internet and YouTube. So I looked it up, and I'm a self-proclaimed geologist now. <laughs> no, but understand this, saints, ladies, women, daughter, girl, fr friend, mother, wife. He says her price is far above rubies. Let's concentrate on this word rubies. When you think about a ruby, we think about this pretty, vibrant red gem. But what this gem is, it is a, the result of an impurity of a certain rock. It's the result of an impurity, an inconsistency, and it's very, very slight. It's a little deviation of, the, of this rock. Now, the rock in and of itself, you've probably seen it. The rock in and of itself, it's, it's, it's a rare rock, but it's not so rare. It's not like gravel and dirt out there, but you, you know, if you've gone to certain places, exotic places or something, you've probably seen the rock. But one little slight inconsistency, one slight impurity in this rock makes it red, makes it glassy, makes it a ruby. But check this out. Like I said, you've probably seen the rock. I've probably seen the rock, especially if you're a traveler. The rock in and of itself, you're not going to see that it's a ruby. You know how it's mined? You have to go and collect all these rocks, all these, these I, 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 I'm not saying it because I don't know how to say the word, what this rock is called, it's something, you know, the periodic table of elements type of stuff. <laughs> And so you collect these rocks. This is how it's mined. When they've identified the rock, then they, they don't have to go deeper to the surface as they do uh, uh, diamonds. They do have to go into the surface, but it's not as arduous. But they go into the surface, and they, when they mine it, they collect a whole bunch of the rock, because you know what? You find out that it's a rock two ways, that it's a ruby two ways. You have to wash it and scrub it. Wash it and scrub it. You have, to, you have to apply abrasion. You have to wash it and scrub it. Rinse it. Wash it and scrub it. Rinse it. Wash it and scrub it. You have to, you have to rub off and, 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 and remove the surface until you see the shine. That's one way. 
The other way is that you just simply have to break it. So, female, woman, whether you've been washed, they've worn you, maybe somebody prayed you through your washing process, maybe someone taught you through your wash, maybe you've been a good girl all your life, you married as a virgin, and you've been a good girl, and life has been relatively good to you. I'm not saying you haven't had disappointments, I'm not saying you haven't had letdowns, I'm not even saying you haven't had hurts, but yet still, your life hasn't been so bad, but you've been washed. You've been, you've, you, so, by the Spirit of God, you've been, you've been rubbed. You've been worn. So that your shine can appear and be noticed. But for most of us, life broke us. When I say broken, and I'm not just mean somebody did something to us. Yes, that happens. But a lot of our brokenness is a result of our own decisions. When I got with that fool over there and I know I shouldn't have. When I invested money over here when I shouldn't have. When I took this job and ended up being harassed all the time. When I knew that this was just something that I just thought was going to, I was being an opportunist and it wasn't God. Being broken, I've been abused. Yes, I made decisions and I was an addict. But even in that, God still finds a ruby. Even in that. So understand that the miner collects a whole bunch of rocks. But let's say the miner is the enemy. Let's say the miner is the enemy. And let's just, I just want you to go down metaphorical lane with me. And he mined up all these rocks, because God put the rocks there. And the miner finds these rocks for his own schemes or whatever. And say the miner, the enemy, is the one that rubbed you, abrased you. But say that this enemy, well, no, let's just say, no, let me change my, sub, my, my story. Let's say one miner is the one that washed you. There was another miner that broke you. Regardless, there's still a shine to be found. So let me submit this to you right now before we get going. Your mistakes, your bad decisions, your behaviors, your issues, your victimization, your past still does not change God's plan for your life. It still does not change his calling on your life. It does not change his purpose for your life. It does not change his destination for your life. It does not change your destiny in your life. It does not even change the eternity he has for your life. In fact, he says that the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. He said that, not me. So you're going to find yourself in this here dialogue that we're going to just hear, this here message that we're going to hear. Unless you're still practicing, it's not who you are. If you're practicing prayer, if you're practicing holiness, guess what? You are prayerful and you are holy. If you are practicing promiscuity, if you are practicing addiction, well, you are an addict. You are
the goal of the Holy Spirit right now is to get you to a place that you realize that you are far above the price of rubies. Amen. Second, First Timothy chapter one. First Timothy chapter one. Verse 16, I'm going to read from the King James Version as well as the classic Amplified Edition. It says here in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 16, How be it for this cause I obtained mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all along suffering, for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to everlasting life. The classic amplifier says, but I obtained mercy for the reason that in me, as the foremost of sinners, Jesus Christ might show forth and display all his perfect long-suffering and patience for an example to encourage those who would thereafter believe on him for the gaining of eternal life. What is he saying right here? Paul is telling Timothy, hey, God is using me to teach you this because he made a pattern by which you should be willing and desirous of duplicating because if I can do it and I'm being the foremost of sinners, you can too. He said, God never gave up on you regardless of what you've done or what you've been through. Through his mercy and his long suffering, he's still willing to deal with you wherever you are today to take you to where he plans for you tomorrow. Amen. So now, y'all ready to get into it? I'm, going to, I'm not going to be before you long. It's just going to be an intro. But turn with me to uh, Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. I rebuke this clock in Jesus' name. I just said I wasn't going to be before you long, and then I just looked at my timeline. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 28. And God said, let us make man in our image. Let us make uh, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, fowl of the air, over the cattle, over the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth. Subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. A. God created female first, not woman. It's funny how we've always said woman, and there, that is there a little bit later. But the very first thing he identifies you, pretty girl, is as female. In other words, when it was just him, he said male and female. Now, notice he said we're going to create man. Man was a general term for humanity. But I create male and female. Just as male was God's first, female, you're his first. Female is what he created first. And it was interesting because when I looked up the word fe uh, female in the, in the Hebrew, one of the root words of female uh, was puncture and appointed. One of the definitions or the root words was puncture and appointed. So, of course, puncture for female, there's a sexual, you know, gender uh, connotation there. But also, when you look that up a little bit further, it talks, it talks about how she has the ability to pierce. How she has, a, her influence can be piercing. 
Hence the other root word, appointed. God put her in the earth to probe. She, now, not to get on your nerves with a whole bunch of questions, <laughs> but she's there and she's appointed to help, to probe, to investigate. She's appointed to be sometimes that, that piercing. And, and it's, it's synonymous to when, when they pierced Jesus in his side. And remember when he pierced Jesus in his side when he was on that cross, what came out? Water and, and blood. When you give birth, what do you comes out first? When the issuance of life is coming out of that canal, the first thing, when they say my water broke, anybody that's been around that know that it's water and blood. The same way he gave birth to that church through that piercing is the same way through her piercing, she gives birth to humanity. I'm speaking to your importance and your significance in the earth. Okay? And then he says here, he says, let's create God. God says, let's create male and female, but we're talking about the female in his image. Of his image, that word image there is uh, to sell him. And it means phantom, a representative, an illusion. That's what it means in the Hebrew. So in other words, because there's a lot of arguments and a lot of doctrinal debates going on out there about what he really means in Genesis chapter 2 versus Genesis, I mean Genesis chapter 1 versus Genesis chapter 2. And right here, because I used to go back and forth, but did you, did you t give a synopsis and give the details later? Or were you speaking about phases of the creation? But here when he says image, he's speaking to his spirit. So I would err on the side of God's talking about in Genesis chapter 1 that he created man, uh, male and female in his image as, as in he spiritually created them. And that was simultaneous. And not only was that simultaneous, but the calling and the, and the, and the purposes in their life was simultaneous. The purpose and the calling and the assignment was simultaneous. It's just that each one had a different way of obtaining it. Okay, so when he says, be fruitful, multiply, re replenish, and have dominion, both of them had the same assignment, did they not? But in that same assignment, there's different ways in which we can accomplish it, isn't it? Amen. When God made male and female, he made them perfect in his spirit. And that never went away. Okay, that never went away. So therefore, female, you are, a, you are not a subcategory of male. There is order, but there is an appointment and a puncturing to who you are that is essential to everything that's going on in the earth today. Many of kings have fallen because of the wrong woman, but many of kings have risen because of the right woman. If you're married to a king, be sure that you're moving him forward in the right direction. Amen. Amen. But I'm, 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 I'm one, I don't care what you've been through. Your influence and the decisions you make from this day forward impacts humanity. You are significant to God's plan in the earth. You have the, understand this, in 1 Peter chapter 3, he says, woman... You want to win your husband, submit yourself to your husband so that you, without the word of God, can win him. 
Do you hear what God says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 1 and 2? He's saying that you can win your husband, because I'm talking to a lot of spiritually single women out here whose husbands refuse to go to church, but they're here. And so much so, some, in some cases, that people think that they're single because they've never seen their husband. No need, no need and no reason for you to hang your head, baby girl, because you are in the strongest position ever. And there's a manifestation of his goodness, of his glory, and of his power that's making its way into your home as we speak. As long as you understand and realize that without his word, as long as you are emanating his word, you, female, have the ability to win him. I said before, when a woman's fed up, there really ain't nothing you can do about it. Amen. So he talks about, you know, so we have equality. We have the spiritual creation. Now we're talking about his formation and what he's doing. In Genesis chapter 20, uh, Genesis chapter 1 and verse 29, let me get over there. I told y'all to go there and I'm reading from my notes. Hey, honey. He just walked in. I know I'm like, I said something. Amen. Amen. That's fine specimen of a man. Um, okay, so Genesis chapter 1, verse 29. I want to bring something to your attention as we revelating on his word. He says in verse 29, And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb-bearing seed which is upon the face of the earth, and every tree in them which uh, is the fruit of the tree yielding seed to you, and it shall be meat to you. And then he goes on to say in verse 30, And to every beast of the field, to every fowl of the air, and to everything that creepeth upon the earth wherein there is life, I have given every green herb for me, and it was so. So you see in most of your Bibles, that verse 30, where the, he says, I have given, you see that's kind of italicized, right? But in verse 29, when you see up at the top, he says, I have given you, and then he says it again later on in verse 29, to you it shall be meat. Both of those sets of words, the you in verse 29 and the I have given, are the same word. And that same word is this word called ith, A-Y-T-H. And that word ith, mind you, I'm talking about in verse 29 where he says, I have given you. He's talking about you. But then in verse 30, he says, I have given. That word ith means entity. He says the same entity that's in you is what I have given, is who I am. So what I gave you, because that word you is ith, and then he says later on, I, which is that same word, ith. Basically, he says, I've given, I'm hoping you can get this. It's the same word in that, he, that word means entity. So he's saying, I've given you nothing that you can't already, that's not already in you to have. Even though there's a separation of who he's talking about, he's talking about one and the same. He said, if it's there, you have the ability to make it prosper. If it's there, you have the ability to make it right. If it's there, you have the ability to make it grow. If it's there, it's for you to dominate. If it's there, it's for you to replenish. Because when I gave it to you, I put me in you to make it happen. And again, he said that to male and female. So if it's a good life, I am in you to make it happen. If it's joy, I am in you to make it happen. 
if it's healing, I am in you. My entity is in you to make it happen. If it's favor, I am in you. I am favor. I'm not threatened when I go into situations. I am the threat. I'm not confused when I'm faced with opposition. I am the calm in the storm. Because as he is in us, so are we. New Testament tells us as Jesus is in earth, so are we in the earth. And he established this not just when Jesus was on the earth, but he established this in our creation in Genesis chapter 1, boo-boo. Amen? So, so in that, female, and I want you to get that. You are so significant and impactful. And I'm saying this from a place of conversations with women that slept with men to get their rent paid. I'm, this happens all the time. Women who earn six figures, but to make sure that their son makes it to an elite baseball team, she's got to sleep with this coach who's married. Women who got to dress a certain way because she knows this is what boss man likes because she wants a raise and it's almost review time. Women whose value is more and whose budget shows that it's more in their hair, nails, and toes, and makeup than the sustenance of their character. You are so much more than four hours at the salon. Nothing's wrong. Listen, I'm in the salon every two weeks. I got to keep this tight. I wake up an extra 15, 20 minutes early to get this together. I know you think this is like this on automatic. I don't, I, I'm not Beyonce. I don't wake up like this all the time. Sometimes there's crust on the side of my face and cuckoos in my eyes. The reason why my hair is up like this is because I fell asleep crazy and it just, I just woke up and it stood up. I looked like the heat miser this morning. So I decided with the help of a flat iron to just let it go in the direction it's always going in. I want you to get this in his equal to God's plan for man. And so to devalue yourself, to align yourself with the, with the sexualization of society is a slap in the face of God's awesome creation and who you were in the first place. Amen. Nothing's wrong with looking good. Nothing's wrong with budgeting. When my husband married me, he budgeted in hair and nails and hair. But that's not who I am. Amen. So when he created you, honey, bunny, sugar, pie, sugar, booger, dumpling, he created you female first. Female, in other words, you were his first, his entity. You are a part of his identity. You are created in his image to be the same representative of the earth that he put in male. Amen. 
That never went away. The enemy just tricked us into believing and used men to pervert that creation. So when we own that we are female, when we, we, when we own that we are significant, when we own that we have power, when we own that we were appointed as that definition speaks, when we own that there is a piercing in our existence, then now our posture is a little different and we can take on the position that I can walk this walk of faith. I do have the, yeah, I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired. He come home, he get to kick his feet up, turn on ESPN, and I'm cooking dinner. I'm tired. I'm tired. I get it. But when we own who we are, now we do things because we want to and not because we feel like we have to. And when your attitude has changed, now we're okay with saying no. Now we're okay with asking for help. Because we understand and have received the value that God has placed on us. Had a conversation with, you know, we're renting a home, had a conversation with the landlord, and he was like, you are truly a representative of the Orient. I said, what do you mean by that? He says, the women, they just do everything. Because, you know, he's Japanese. He says, the women just do everything. It's not that I do everything. I just... I told my husband, just give me drills and, and ratchet sets and, and, um, and, and, and sanders and miter saws. I don't want flowers. <laughs> I like that stuff, but it's not because I, so when I go and, and I fix a towel rack, it's not because he can or he won't. I enjoy doing it. And guess what? Because I own who I am, I'm not resenting him for not doing it. We're going to stop there. I didn't get a chance to do anything. We got a lot we're trying to accomplish um, in that, um, in this, but because uh, we haven't even gotten into Genesis chapter two yet. I'm almost scared. Baby, I might be up here six weeks. I don't know. I'm just playing. I'm just playing because y'all are like, wait a minute, I need to hear from my pastor. <laughs> no, but we're going to stop there. Because I, I just want you to, and this was just an intro anyway, I, I, I believe the Spirit of God really wants you to say la, meditate, ponder, rethink that. Females, if you have to open your legs to keep him, it's just a matter of time before somebody else opens their legs to take him. But also, it's not a him situation. It's a you situation. It's a me situation. And listen, and I'm not speaking from a place that I haven't been. I was that tramp. Not that I stood on the corner. <laughs> but anything I do to get something, and not because I want to, puts me in that category. I wasn't a pure virgin when I got married. Now, he and I, we did not sleep together. We dated for three and a half, three years. We didn't. But that don't mean I have a, didn't, didn't have a past. 
I'm going to be very real and raw with y'all while we're doing this, okay? Because I, I want to invite you to understand that God uses, y'all want to do a little Bible study, look up Rahab, R-A-H-A-B. That's Jesus' great, 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 great grandmama. Jesus! He has a tramp in his lineage. In fact, tramp is actually a soft word. I've softened that word because, you know, in the movie, little cartoon, you know, he's the tramp. The Bible calls her a harlot, a whore. He made it real plain. But when we sell in that God created female, whether I aligned myself up to be a virtuous woman or whether I believe that I am and I'm pursuing it or whether I'm all that and some, female is treasured all by itself. And there's power inside of you and throughout you that changes and impacts a generation. If he can't stand you right now, guess what? It's within you to make a change in that. Now, some stuff is just on him, period. But you have the ability to impact everything around you at such a high level. I don't think you realize that. And that's what we're going to be talking about because God uses everything that you are to accomplish his plan in the earth. Amen? Amen. That never changes. Amen? Did you get anything out of that so far? Now, understand that though Jesus was not a woman, 1 John chapter 1 talks about how he was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God. And that word is Jesus. Everything about who he is and who he was and who he continues to be is emanated through his word. So though he didn't walk this earth as a female, honey, please know and believe, God didn't create anything that wasn't within him to create. So his word is that pattern. And Jesus died so that you could have a full manifestation of this pattern in your life in order to pursue it. And guess what? His death, burial, and resurrection says that you can now have anything you want. And if this whatever it is that you want seems to be without your scope, it's because it is. It's without, beyond your scope. But when you have faith in the creator of all universe, when you believe in the one who made male, female, when you believe and receive the author and the finisher of time, when you believe and receive eternal hope, life, and love, there's nothing you can't accomplish. And I don't care what yesterday looked like. Amen. So while every head is bowed and while every eye is closed, I want people searching, for, searching their hearts.